the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. November 7th edition of the Colin Thompson Show, presented by Not For Long Media and FudgeKitchens.com, the original Fudge Kitchen. They ship fudge. They ship sweet treats across the country. It's the holiday season, folks. Take care of your loved ones with a little fudge. So much better than this normal materialistic gift. Give somebody a taste of the Jersey Shore, that memory of the boardwalk. It's cold. It's wintertime. Take them to the beach in the summer. No better way. Fudgekitchens.com. A little saltwater taffy. We brought it to the same boner tailgate this weekend. People were flocking to it. Usually I keep the packages closed, right? Sanitary reasons. I opened up three packages so people could nom on it, if you will. And the boxes were gone in five minutes. And people were like, holy cow, you brought fudge from the Jersey Shore? Absolutely we did. A successful tailgate, nonetheless, $5,000 plus dollars of the Ronald McDonald House. Going to the Ronald McDonald House through the Sam Boner tailgate. What an amazing, amazing, amazing event that Not For Long Media was able to take a look at, take a bite with, record, if you will. Uh, appreciate everybody supporting the Sam Boners and laughing at all the goofy videos that they do, we do, and uh, a really fun, fun event down in South Philly for the Eagles-Cowboys game. Shot some amazing content. There'll be more to come for that. We also shot a bunch of content in the morning with a new show we'll have joining us, Fair But Firm, with Larry Flowers. Really excited for that opportunity. Uh, as Jack is awkward per usual, is all cla- is you know snapping fingers in the back, giving some clicks in the back of you. Jack, how cool was it recording at Avenue Steaks? It was awesome. First off, we'll talk about that breakfast pizza. I got to it a little late because we were working, but even when it was left out a little bit, it was still one. Of, it was the best breakfast pizza I ever had. It yeah, was I mean, amazing. let's say pizza wise, it was just like top ten pizza. <laughs> like it was like a joke. Like you didn't realize you were actually eating pizza, if if you will. Like it was way too good. Usually, breakfast breakfast pizza a little forced, right? You got some eggs on there, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like no, the whole thing was just covered in eggs and scrapple and ugh. Avenue Steaks in South Philly, shout out. It was really cool to get there with Larry Flowers, an old buddy of mine. Been on our show here a bunch. And then, boom, we popped over to the Eagles tailgate and had a great time. So, appreciate your help, Jack. It was a fun day. It really was. Georgia was awesome. Um, the pizza, the food, the good eats, man. Can't beat it. South Philly, what a cool place. People are, like, walking up and, like, yeah, it was a good time. What do you think about the Eagles tailgate, Jack? Pretty rowdy, huh? Not a college yeah sports tailgate that i've seen but up there for sure it was wasn't really chaotic but it was crowded like it was it's it wasn't like i i mean i don't know a way to say it but it was truly like i mean i don't know how it is in other places but i mean it was packed to the brim like it's a unique place because nobody really has a complex like the eagles do with all these stadiums right next to each other and the fact that each parking lot was filled to the brim with their own unique Eagles fan, just all waiting, hanging out, whether watching the game out there or whatever, but it, it was truly unbelievable. You know what else is unbelievable, Jack? 
the Miller team at Northrop Realty, Missy Miller Aldave at NorthropRealty.com. Missy and her team are fantastic. Fantastic. MillerTeam.com. Check them out. If you're buying a house in Annapolis, if you're buying a house really anywhere, Missy's going to get you hooked up with the right people that know the area, in-depth approach, dialed in to each little neighborhood, the secrets, the tips to the trade, whatever it takes to navigate this crazy environment right now of buying houses. Shout out to the Miller team. Fantastic job. And we're so fortunate to be recording in this wonderful house today. We bought because of the Miller team. So Missy Miller, Aldave, and her team are fantastic. We've gotten to know their family. We've gotten to know their friends. They had an unbelievable little party for all the people that bought houses through them uh, early in the fall that we just had a blast at. So it's truly a family approach. And we're so appreciative of their support and not for long media. Check them out again, millerteam.com for more information. All right, Jack. There's a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. Where do I even start? I think I'm going to start with, let's see, should I go Josh Dobbs? Should I go bar of the week? How about a curveball for you, Jack, here? Should I go Aaron Matson? Knower? No. Ever heard Is that, of wait, wait, wait. No, I think I, if you go through the beginning, I think I ha- I think I know who you're talking about. Take a guess. No, no, you just went to your phone. That doesn't count. What are you doing? I don't, I don't know. Okay, I, I, there, I, there was one thing I was like, is that the, cause I saw TikTok last week. Was it the field hockey coach or the girl Correct. that's going to be a field hockey coach? Correct. I forget what school it was. It's, it's Duke or something, but I know it's. Let's get Aaron a box of fudge. Brought to you by the original Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Erin Madsen, unbelievable, 23 years old. She's the youngest coach in D1 athletics. Six straight ACC championships, five as a player, one as a coach. Remarkable accomplishment. It shows what the athletic department thinks of her as a player and a leader. Shows what the previous coach thought about her when she moved on and pretty much said, hey, listen, Aaron's the person for the job. This is massive for women in sports. This is massive for the sports world in general. Listen, I get it. A couple decades ago, you needed to be a disciplinarian. You needed to be tough. I started football where we could get, we would have to earn our water breaks. If we didn't have a good practice, you didn't get water. That's where I started in football not that long ago. I've had, you know, coaches grab my face mask. I've had coaches, you know, MF me up and down. And I'm okay with it because that was a part of the time. That wasn't, it was normal. Now it's not normal. So shout out to UNC for stepping up, seeing what they have right in front of them. Because if Aaron walks out the door and goes somewhere else, That's devastating. Listen, I get other sports. This may be challenging. But if you're telling me one of my great friends and one of the leaders when I was a freshman, sophomore on the team, is we have to become our head coach, I'd be ecstatic. Ecstatic. Because the world of sports today, I just want my coach to put his arm around me and say, I appreciate you and I will run through a wall for you. And 
people that know me, I have great relationships with all my coaches. Probably more personal relationship with my coaches than probably most players are comfortable with because that's they're my friends. And that's the relationships I like to build through the workplace. And I've had professional football coaches at my wedding, college football coaches at our wedding, you know, vacation together, done it because that's what it takes to have success, in my opinion. And that's what drives me. So I absolutely love the move. I hope more athletic programs across the country take shots at these younger folks, younger, quote unquote, 30 and under, 40 and under, that have the opportunity to lead at a high level. It's in them, right? It has to be deep down inside. And obviously for Aaron, she has that. I hope they do it. I hope they do it. I, you know, there's a lot of really good football minds out there that are in their 20s right now, but they have to continue to grow the ladder and become an OC and then become a system to the head coach and take a shot. And I think it's a great move by UNC for hiring Aaron. I'll be watching now. I'll be watching now and supporting what she does. Good get, good guess, Jack. Good job. Yeah. Good thing. Good thing I, you're on TikTok all the time. Well, I did. The one part stood out to me is basically because, like you said, she's very driven for it. If I remember the interaction correctly, the AD, whoever it was, said because I guess like the coach was retiring before the season, they knew that she was like, "Go win an ACC title and then come back to me, and we'll talk about you being a coach." And then, like the day after they won, she went to the office. And, what next? And again, they put her through the whole interview process. Like she thoroughly earned it. But it's great to see young coaches succeed so well. Absolutely. I, th I hope people take a shot. I just think it's a little archaic now that we have to wait. They have to go through this crazy processes. I get it. Listen, you don't want people to learn on their own, but if somebody's qualified for it at a certain age, pull the trigger. Hire them. Speaking of pulling the trigger, Jack, WealthAdvisoryServices.com. If you don't know them, you should. Wealth Advisory Services, Doylestown, all the way down to Cape May, and they work with clients across the country. A bunch of my buddies in the league, a bunch of my buddies in college football that are coaching they work with. If I'm a high school kid and I'm doing NIL, I'd work with Paul, Dave, and their team, 100-plus years of experience in their offense. This is a mom-and-pop shop that has grown to work with, again, people across the country. I absolutely love Paul, Dave. They're fantastic. I talk about, you know, Missy Miller-Aldave and her team, the Miller team. I feel the same way about Wealth Advisory Services. They've directly affected our lives, my wife, Cindy, and I, in an amazing, amazing way. My family's lives, they've allowed us to do amazing things. So shout out to our friends at Wealth Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. 401k planning, retirement, you name it. Whether you have a couple bucks to invest or you have a bunch of money to invest, they're your people. Check them out, wealthadvisoryservices.com. Shout out to Josh, excuse me, shout out to Josh Dobbs, the story of the NFL weekend. Unbelievable. Unbelievable numbers. We got it right. Three touchdowns. A guy ran around like a chicken with his head cut off. Big scrambling plays down the end. If you haven't seen the last drive, go watch the last drive against Atlanta. Unbelievable on the road. It's a dome there. It's it's a louder stadium in the league. It's obviously not the loudest, but it's a louder stadium for sure. And listen, early on, it wasn't pretty. Turnovers, teaching the offensive line. The, excuse me, the O-line's teaching him the cadence for the Vikings. Brandon Powell in the last drive, he scores the game when he touchdown. He cramps two plays before in his hammy. You could see it on the overthrow. So he has to waddle off the field. I mean, unbelievable job by Josh. To be able to bounce around from the teams he's been with the last two years, let alone just the last week, 
going from Arizona, the starter, one room where his jersey is after winning games for the Cardinals, who people predicted did not have a good season, to where he is now. The Vikings have won four in a row. I've talked about it multiple times. That's a good football team with a lot of depth and great coaches. So they're going to be in the mix in the NFC until they're not, but I think they are. I think they're a playoff team in the NFC for sure, trending in the right direction. So shout out to Josh Dobbs. We need an award for these type of players, the players that are bouncing around throughout the season and still making plays. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield did it last year. Josh Dobbs this year. There's guys on special teams that do it. Personally, I think we call it the journeyman award. Every team can nominate a player for it. There'll be a certain criteria, right? They have to play X amount of games, do certain things. I would love it. I would be so jacked to vote for those players because that's the real grind. To learn a new playbook, he'll never know the full playbook in Minnesota the rest of the season. You just won't have time. He'll be constantly learning it all the way through the end of the season for many. So shout out to Josh Dobbs. I'd love to know what people's thoughts are. What should they call this award for people that are bouncing around? What's the criteria for it? Because what Josh has done is nothing short of just absolutely remarkable. And the plays that happen down the line at the end of the game for Minnesota, clutch, clutch, clutch plays, even when things weren't going right for them on that last drive. Unbelievable in Minnesota. They're, you know, with their schedule and what's ahead, team to watch in the NFC. What say you, Jack? Yeah, it was funny because we got a couple comments that people actually did, like you mentioned, called it the Baker Bayfield Award. I mean, there's a way. I mean, it depends how you want to define it. Like, somewhat maybe comeback player of the year if you wanted to split that in two ways. Like, there's the injury aspect of comeback player of the year, like the Alex Smiths. And then, like, there's the Baker Mayfield comeback player of the year aspects. So, I mean, there's a I, I, the journeyman one, I think, is an interesting one, but it's tough to define it, but it's something that should absolutely be a word. I yeah, mean, like player. the NBA, like the NBA's got most improved, and then they also got six man of the year, which kind of recognizes guys that aren't MVPs but are award worthy. So it's just a matter of finding whatever that phrase is. Yep. Yep. No question. No question. I completely agree. And for Josh, pff, unbelievable. This guy's unbelievable. I met I met Josh in Nashville at a bar, uh, FGL house. He was in the back corner and he was playing with Pittsburgh at the time. And I recognized him and I knew he was friends with like Medikevich and Kyle Friend and all my buddies in Pittsburgh at the time. So I went up, just tapped him on the shoulder, introduced myself. I was with the Bears and just great dude. We talked for like 15 minutes, had a beer, shared a beer, had a had some laughs, just like super smart, well spoken, super laid back, just great dude hanging out. University of Tennessee product, great player. I I think I played against him. Did I play against Josh at Florida? I think he was younger than me. I think he was younger than me. I could have been Tyler Bray. I forget who we played. My last game at Florida was 2013. It was against Tennessee. I uh, thought I lit the world on fire and played a great game. I probably blocked for like four reps or whatever. And then I broke my foot the next day. I woke up in the morning. I broke my foot that day. I didn't realize I did it. And uh, yeah, I was at Florida. So I digress. Going to a game this year. Pump that promo code in. Colin Thompson. C-O-L-I-N-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N on SeatGeek. Promo code Colin Thompson, $20 off your tickets, $50 or more. Tickets are way more than $50 now, so make sure you pump that promo code in. Help me help you. Promo code Colin Thompson. Shout out to our friends at Fuel Hunt, fuelhunt.com. Love their freaking product. I mean, I worked out in today. Best workout clothes. Great little awesome kind of edgy brand about hard work, toughness. Shout out to Fuel Hunt.
The, so, go ahead, Jack. So yeah. I was going to answer your question. I did a quick research before you go into bar of the week. You did play against each other to answer your question. Josh wow, was a freshman. This is great producing out of you. Yep. When you were a redshirt freshman, he was a freshman. So that 2013 season, you two were part, both part Who of that. Who was the starting quarterback for 2013 season? Oh, I lost my tab now because I didn't think you were going to get that question. Well, a good um, producer would have that answer because I was wondering who the starting quarterback was. No. We'll see what you got, Jack. Come on. In front of the whole hey. whole crowd. Who you got? Starting quarterback, 2013 Tennessee Volunteers. Worley. Chris Worley? Justin, Justin Worley. Their backup, though, Nate Peterman. Interesting. Did Nate finish there? Um, I don't think he did because Josh played a good amount and Nathan did get drafted. Nathan Peterman. Good for really getting in the nitty gritty today before I get to my bar of the week. Um, no, he, well, yeah, yeah, he did play through that Tennessee through 2015. Interesting. Oh, no, and then Pitt. Yeah. Pitt. That's it. That's it. Transfer to Pitt. I wonder if he was there with, uh, Chris. All right. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> A great bar of the week this week. Bar of the week this week brought to you by the Fudge Kitchen. FudgeKitchen.com is Oscars in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Was there this weekend with my boy Sean, Flowers, a few other characters. Albert absolutely loved this place. I think I was there back in the day when I was at Temple. Dive bar, cash only. You order a cheesesteak, they give you a cheesesteak and a half. Great bar cheesesteak. Great bar cheesesteak. Just love it. Like, the dim kind of red lights and the and the big TVs and the big mirror behind the bar and just the atmosphere is awesome. They got the, you know, the booths and the service was fantastic. Great jukebox. We were pumping money in. Of course, I was playing Nickelback and Creed and having a good old time uh, Saturday night uh, after the Temple game. So before our big day Sunday in South Philly. So. A great time. Shout out to Oscars. TVs were a four out of five. Service was a five out of five. Food and ambiance, five out of five. Cold beer. Wasn't a nice, I don't believe. It was a four out of five. So I love it. This place, if you're in Philly, swing by Oscars. You know, Go early for happy hour. Cash. Cash only, which was super cool and unique. Shout out to Oscars. The bar of the week this week on the Colin Thompson show. Any other rabbit holes you've gone down, Jack, before we wrap things up? I've been reading the Connor Stallions thing as it comes up. We're talking about deeper, just rabbit holes in general. This is an interesting one. Stallions was sued by his homeowner association for running a vacuum cleaner resale business out of his house and not only represented himself in court, but entered in the legal record his theory that the entire suit was an elaborate scheme by Jeff, the Michigan State fan, to extract Stallions from his life work of restoring Michigan football to its powerful glory. That guy. I haven't really given my take on Michigan here. I guess I'll get my take. Let's see. What is my take? Uh, you know, this is like such... Here's the thing, and I tell this to Jack all the time. We have no idea what's going on in this situation. This one, we probably know a little bit more than normal, but most situations that come out of buildings, media, whatever, I tell Jack, 10% of what you're reading is true. We think it's gospel. We think it's fact. They're at least 90% true. But 10 to 20, maybe 25% of what the topic is on is true. But this Michigan thing, I feel like we have a lot more information on. There's pictures. 
There's videos. I mean, he's wearing stuff from other teams. Personally, I, I think the Michigan football team, those players should not be, they should not, you know, be yielded of the opportunity to win a national title. Don't punish the players. But if you want to spend Harbaugh for the rest of the season, fine. I mean, I don't know, but I don't I don't even want to say that because I don't know what happened. But, you know, somebody's hands are dirty here. And listen, there's sign stealing in everything. But to go to other games and film it and all that stuff, I get it. it all these rules were made back in like the 60s. You know, you could get these signs off the just off the film. The signs aren't that complex earlier. If you know a little bit about the offense, you kind of know the sign anyways. At the end of the day, you got to line up and make the play too, even if you know what play's coming, i.e., you know, the brotherly shove, the tush push, or a jump ball that you know is coming. So I don't know. Don't hurt, don't punish the players. If you're going to punish someone, punish the head coach, suspend them, allow the players and the coaches to, to, to go through the situation, whatever it may be. But I would wait to find out more information before you punish somebody personally. Uh, you know, I, I just think being aggressive, I want to hear your thoughts here, being aggressive. And, and then I don't know, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack in this. I, I don't want to speak on people losing their jobs either. Like, yeah, he may get, he may get interviews in the NFL. <laughs> it's, it's chaos. I, I, like I said, the, I've never really, anything that's public availability, I've never really understood the illegalness of it. Like, but I just my whole thing is that this is just the funniest, just all of the things that have come out about this, just between him standing like I mean, it pretty much is everybody's assumed that even Central Michigan themselves, him sneaking on the sideline, Central Michigan gear, wearing sunglasses to a night game. And then also the way the lens reflected off his his glasses makes it appear as though he's wearing a video pair of Ray-Bans glasses that match an exact pair that are a video pair of Ray-Bans to now we have a court document of him running a vacuum resale business while coaching at Michigan. And then in court records saying that he is being sued because the other person is a Michigan state fan and they know he works for Michigan. Just the, the absurdity of this is what captivates me. Like, it's just like, it continues to jump the shark. Like it's some soap opera on like daytime television. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, like you couldn't script this. They're like, how do you even come up with this? What do you mean? The guy's selling vacuum. Yeah. Who knows? Vacuums? Who knows? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know there's such a large market for resold vacuums. There is, Jack. Facebook Marketplace, baby. Listen, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Stay tuned for more shows of Not For Long Media. We are growing. We're expanding. The unbelievable tailgate with the same owners. And um, yeah, that's it for today. The Colin Thompson Show. We had Mike Gill on, per usual. Mike and I, I jumped on Mike's 97.3 ESPN. If you like any of Mike does, download the app. I listen to Mike all the time. But, um, you know, I think he's the best in Philly sports talk. I, I really do. I think he's really enjoyable to listen to. Um, 97.3 ESPN. Mike came on. We talked all things Eagles, uh, pretty much. Talked a little bit of Carson Wentz signing in the Rams. Uh, what else are we talking about? A little bit of everything, honestly. The bye week, different things. NFL free agency, tight end. Dallas Goddard getting hurt. How's that look? Talk about that. So we'll send it over to Mike Hill, 97.3 ESPN. Thanks, Jack, and our team at Not For Long Media for all you guys do. Have a great week. He watches the tape every week. We look back at the Eagles game, Eagles at the bye week. Colin Thompson, former NFL, I don't want to say former NFL tight end. He's just unemployed currently and possibly looking for his next gig 
he doesn't want to work with me anymore. He wants to be working in the NFL. Hey, the Eagles need a tight end. Uh, maybe they'll be giving you a call there, Colin Thompson. What's up, buddy? What's up, brother? The nice thing about Tuesdays in the NFL, it is the pretty much universal off day in the league. So I can still come and hang out with you in the afternoons, Mike. I would love that. I like that. Now, what is the day for workouts? What's the day that they bring in, like, street-free agents to work out? Sometimes over the weekend, they'll sprinkle a guy in at the end of the work week just to take a look at guys. And sometimes these workouts, too, aren't just for a player or a position of need. They could be looking for next year. A guy could have got cut. They just want to see what he looks like. But usually, Mike, it's call on Monday morning, fly in Monday night, Workout Tuesday and an off day, and then you're with the team. These workouts are not – I work out harder, right, one-on-one by myself and training. The workouts are just a couple routes. You hit the bag in the run game a little bit. You take a couple pass sets. You just kind of do what tight ends do. It's 10, 15 minutes, but it's monotonous in the sense that if you had a broken bone in 2012, they're going to drive you to get an X-ray off property at you know Penn Hospital. Say you're with the Eagles. I don't know what they do, but like when I was with the Bears – I spent the entire morning getting a physical all down in the city of Chicago. And then they drive you an hour north. You get a little banana or something in you, and then you go work out. So you're not in your best state, but they're not asking you to do a ton. They're just trying to make sure you're not, like, blowing a hamstring out or spraining an ankle. All right, Colin, nine games. I uh, can't believe we're in the ninth week of the season already. The Eagles are 8-1. and one. Have you figured out, in your mind, what the Eagles' identity is yet? Jalen Hurts. That's the identity of the team between the brotherly shove between his decisions in the run game with the zone read between him scrambling when they need a play and they're dropping a bunch of guys in coverage and he can take off and get a first down with his legs, him trusting AJ Brown, Devontae Smith with these elite throws down the sideline on a consistent basis, led the multiple big plays for the Eagles yesterday. So it was a great question. You sent it to me before the show, but I think it has to do with just the identity of the Eagles is the quarterback. It's not the run game or the pass game or the pass rush and the litany of the defensive linemen they have or things they may have done at the trade deadline. But it's to me, it's it's the quarterback position and how he can get the ball to people in space, how he can make correct reads. Even when he's hurt, the guy's having a great year. Yeah, um, you know, he hasn't probably been 100% most of this season here. Um, you're a tight end. You probably watch a lot of the Eagles and how they use Goddard and their tight end situation. How big a loss is Goddard? Now, I, I preface that by saying last year he missed five games, and in the five games, the Eagles actually scored 33 points a game without him. They averaged 27 points a game with him. So how big a loss is Goddard? I mean, those those numbers aren't going to help my case. But I think <laughs> it's, a, it's a massive loss because, first off, let's just look at the tight end position across the NFL. He's in the elite group of it. There's maybe 10 guys that are in that group. He's in it. And it's not because of what he can do in the pass game. He can do a lot of things running routes. He can run up on people. You see him running corner routes. And, you know, on that fourth down, key fourth down, Jalen throws a dime on the sideline. And Dallas is running a route on a guy who's a way better athlete than him. And he makes him kind of look silly and gets himself pretty much wide open in the NFL. So he can do all that. But his impact to me is, is in the run game. 
when they need a guy to get a block, they were motioning him in to block Micah Parsons at times with another tight end. I mean, that that's the type of length he has, the physicality he has, the willingness he has in the run game. Dallas Goddard's one of the most complete tight ends in the league. I think there's only maybe three or four complete guys that block and can get open in the pass game. Dallas is that guy. So anytime you're losing that guy in your offense, I think it's a major blow. But they have Stoll and they have a, you know, a group of, of good depth they've been working with for years now. It's kind of that same group that's been hanging out there. So they're going to step in and have somewhat of an impact. But to lose a Pro Bowl player like him, always going to be an impact on the offense. Well, interestingly enough, you mentioned that, you know, because Calcaterra has concussions. He's been out. They brought in Albert O, uh, who nobody can pronounce his last name. You might be able to, from Denver. And it's his first chance he played last week. So, you know, which of these guys, if Calcaterra can't play, becomes part of the pass game? Or, Colin Thompson, did the Eagles say, you know what? We're going to utilize the tight end to help our run game out. Is that something that we could see? I don't think they're going to primarily put a guy in there to help utilize the run game because no one is that elite in the in the blocking game from what I've seen. Like, Dallas can do it, but, like, the, the art, and that's why I'm sitting here talking to you, there's not that many, uh, you know, there's not that many blocking tight ends in the NFL. Like Mercedes Lewis is out of the league, like still going. I think he's in Chicago maybe. But these big guys where they're just going to uproot a defensive end, these defensive end are so freaky now. So they'll yeah. spread you out a little bit like the Eagles do and say, okay, what are you going to give us? Are you going to play deep in coverage and two high safety? Then we're going to run the ball. If you're going to play one high safety and man-to-man, we're going to take a shot to the outside or we're going to try our big tight end like they had yesterday. So to your point, Mike, I, I, I see a little bit more Julio Jones being involved now. Uh, putting their their you know their big speed on the field you know Julio now runs all the routes on the in- interior kind of like Dallas does anyways so I could see that and see a little bit more maybe no tight end sets uh, or protection based stuff in the passing situations interesting yeah I mean because you figure all right Goddard's a big factor in this last week you probably watched the tape and said man Goddard was a big factor in the passing game against Dallas we have A.J. Brown. We've got Julio Jones, who we want to try to get more involved. we got Devonta Smith. Hey, we don't need to call routes as much for tight ends with him out. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, guys. The playbook's all the same. They line up the different pieces in different formations, and it all looks like different formations and different looks, but it's just Julio Jones instead of Dallas Goddard. I think I – think, I don't know what they're going to do, obviously, not in the building, but I could see that. You know, Julio getting in and, you know, fourth and four, and they're going to pass the ball, and Julio's in the slot where Dallas Goddard was going to be. And, okay, you're going to put your top two corners on the receiver, you know, on, you know, the two stud receivers for the birds, and then who are you going to bring down and, you know, cover Julio? Is it the little, you know, nickel, smaller defensive back, which you saw they're gonna, they took advantage of? So that's what I think, like, you go back to the identity of the Eagles is, like, they just take what's given to them. And we, I know we're going to get into this here in a little bit about the run game, but at the end of the day, like if Dallas is going to stack the box in the run game and you're forced to throw, that's what a lot of teams are starting to do is saying, we're going to make Jalen beat us with his arm. We're not going to let the Eagles offensive line beat us up up front. That has to do with the identity too. They're really taking what's given to them. Uh, Colin Thompson, NFL tight end from the Colin Thompson show on not for long media. Let's look at the tape at the Eagles secondary uh, I talked about this in the opening segment of the show, Colin. You got Slay, Byard, Blankenship. You're hoping Roby when he's healthy and Blank and, and and Bradbury. They've never played one snap together. Not one. None of them. I mean, as a group, as a five. When Roby comes back, that will be the first time they have their hopeful secondary. How impactful 
is that, and is their secondary an issue? Player for player, probably one of the better secondaries in the league, right? I would assume. I mean, two top corners. You go and get a all-pro safety. Blanket ships emerged as a great tackler, a guy that can do a little bit of everything for him. So I think they're – listen, the numbers are going to be inflated. When you play in this system, it is a bend-don't-break type of thing. They're going to try to get home with four. They're going to keep everything in front of them. I did see a little bit more man-to-man last night, or what is it, two nights ago now, Sunday, more than normal. And what concerned me a little bit was the defensive back's eyes at times, and that's all fixable stuff, meaning, okay, they run a go ball, right, and the guy doesn't get the ball. And then they let up to look back at the quarterback thinking maybe the ball's coming or not, and then they lose sight on their guy. Dak starts to scramble. The receiver takes off, and you kind of see those second opportunity balls, and they look to be wide open. And that's the tough part about these scrambling quarterbacks. So I think it's a little bit of that. They'll fix that. They'll get their eye discipline better. That's a coaching thing. That's a discipline thing. That can be changed. It's not like guys are just like running by them. Like it's like double moves. So I think they'll be fine, Mike. I know that's not a popular opinion. I know everyone's trying to nitpick everything, but I'll say this too. People love fantasy football, and there's a reason why everyone drafts wide receivers, right? Because it's a passing league. Like teams are going to get got in the passing game, right? The Eagles do it to a team every week. The Dallas does it with CeeDee Lamb just about every week. So I think it'll be okay. Um, I think the scrambling quarterback hurts him a little bit. Two is not a big scrambler, right? So you didn't really see any massive plays against Miami. Um, so I, I, I get it. It's a concern, but I think their defense will be fine. Colin, um, I want to get your thoughts after watching that game now and what going back and watching a close game down to the wire. Many people think Philly and Dallas are still maybe the top two teams in the NFC. So when you watch that game, what's the difference between the two teams? Wow, that's a great question, Mike. I think the difference between the two teams is the ability to close out football games at a high level, even when the ball bounces the wrong way for the Eagles. Self-inflicted fumble, you know, uh, defensive encroachment. All the things that could go possibly wrong if the ball bounced the Eagles way that day. And you know what? The ball bounced the Eagles way eight times this year. And realistically, the Jets game, I think, should have been a win too. So you're looking eight, nine times this year the ball has bounced the Eagles way. The Eagles are just a better football team. Dallas, again, another team that matches up well, just like Washington did pre-trade deadline with big D linemen. And big offensive linemen and a quarterback that can throw and run and do a lot of things. I was impressed by Dak. He looks pretty good. Uh, CD looks pretty good. I mean, they have very similar situation to Philly. But, Mike, I just think Philly's in a different class. I think the closest team would be the Niners just because of who they have talent-wise. They're on a skid, yes, but the bye week came at a perfect time for them. Bye week came at a perfect time for the Eagles, too. That's set up strategically by the NFL. Don't let anybody fool you. They, they give it middle-of-the-year buys to the best team. So we'll see how it goes down the end. The NFC is interesting. Detroit's in the mix. Seattle's in the mix. We'll say Vikings have won four in a row. Dobbs, good stuff. Well, uh, speaking of Dobbs, new quarterback, uh, Carson Wentz has a new team. He has just signed with the Rams. So Sean McVay gets to play with Carson Wentz. Does Carson Wentz have anything left in the tank for you, Colin Thompson? I will see. I think the knock on Carson's be like, can he be a great backup? If Carson could be a great backup, Carson would be on a lot of teams, you know, but he's high competitive, high juice guy, wants to be the starter. Love that. 
Um, so that's, you know, that's from people I've heard around the league and different people have wrote stories about that too. But I hear Carson's a great guy, that whole not a locker room guy thing. I don't know. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see, Mike. I mean, I like it's, it's a win win, right? They, they get something out of him. You can help maybe the young guys. He's backup Stafford who's been a little banged up, right? So we'll see. See how it goes. Uh, Let's get back real quick. The last Eagles point. Um, did you like the offense in the fourth quarter? Some would say, hey, run that game out. They did it early in the year. They ran out of nine minutes, seven minutes, third down and three. They take a shot down the field. Why not run the ball? You got tush push in your back pocket. Um, third down three, they, they throw down the field. Did you like the last couple possessions in the fourth quarter when you have a lead for Philadelphia? I'm right in the middle, I think. I, I wish I could give a better answer. Like, that's what you're having me on to give you, like, a legit. But I'm in the middle. I think that's fair. Like, I've been critical of some clock management stuff and different decisions, like the end of the game in the Jets game. And I think a couple of weeks ago versus Washington, the Swift should take a knee and the game's over. Uh, now Washington goes down the field and scores and they kick an onside kick and they have a chance to get the ball back. Like, a couple of those little things here and there. Listen, Dallas was loading the box up. They weren't letting them run the ball with success. So, at some point in time, it's like, hey, we got to trust Jalen and throw the ball. They're not letting us run it. Uh, they had three timeouts, so good clock management by Dallas. So, I'll take the, I'll take, you know, Switzerland approach here. We'll take it right down the middle. I think there was some good. There's some things they went back. They tried some designer runs, you know, pulling Kelsey and pulling guards and trying new ways to do it. Like we talked about before, Mike, that's not their identity of big tight ends and a fullback. And like, you can't just like pop that up. So where the rubber meets the road, it kind of meets it in these situations. I think people want the Eagles to run the ball more, but teams aren't letting them run the ball anymore. Like numbers-wise, they're That's not. A, but is that the thing? All right, it's third down and three. How about, you know, we run it, we get a yard. Now it's fourth and two. We have the tush push. Yeah. Well, you almost call that play thinking, I got two plays here, right? But well, they're not running the ball nearly as well. Is that because teams aren't letting them Yes. Or because Hurts is not as a big a factor in the run game. That's a good point there. They're not going to run him as much, right? It's not worth it. The tush push, fourth and one, uh, yeah, it's almost guaranteed, right? So you're thinking maybe two tush push back, two of those Philly brotherly shoves, whatever, back-to-back plays. I, I think they'll be okay because this bye we came in the right time. You're going to see Jalen moving a little bit more and running a little bit more. Um, I think he's moving better. He still looks hobbled, though. So we'll see. I, I just don't think people want to just line up and play smash mouth. Like, the Eagles aren't built like that, guys. It's, you can't just pop up four blocking tight ends and a fullback and say, this is what we're going to do. That's what the Niners do. But can the, can the Niners come back like the Eagles can and air it out like the Eagles can? We all know that answer is no. So teams are built differently in the draft. Um, listen, the roster is the best in the league. Depth-wise, every position, there's depth. Players coming back off injury. So we'll see what happens, Mike. But again, Philly fans, uh, enjoy enjoy your shiny toys because I know we're not supposed to in Philly, uh, but this is a really shiny one you should enjoy. All right. Uh, Colin Thompson from the Colin Thompson Show on Not For Long Media. Check out their YouTube platform and all their social media platforms. And, of course, Tuesdays right here with CT on the Sports Bash on 97.3. All right, man. All right, Mike. Thanks, brother. It's found hearing your name.